to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts, which are now entering their fourth year of broadcast. Who would have thought that when Seth died in 2014, all these years later we would be making a podcast in his memory? It's a really exciting time for Charlotte and me. We've been recording 30 podcasts, one for each day in November, as part of Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. Charlotte has been talking to all kinds of people involved with pancreatic cancer and over the next 30 days we will hear lots of personal stories. Stories of love, stories of commitment, stories of hope and sadly, as always with pancreatic cancer, stories of loss. Each story will help you understand the challenges of pancreatic cancer as well as the signs and symptoms and will help you to have conversations with people and ensure that they are aware of what to look out for. Join us each day for our Purple Rainbow podcast. If you miss any of the episodes, you can catch up by visiting www.purplerainbow.co.uk where all of the podcasts will be stored for you to listen to at your leisure. Follow us on your podcast channel, like and share, and join us for an interesting month with lots of stories of love and hope. Welcome to today's episode of Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts. This is one of 30 episodes you'll be getting across November 2021, all for Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. I'm Charlotte and today I'm talking to Krithika, a consultant medical oncologist who specialises in working with patients who have pancreatic cancer. I began our chat by asking her what a typical day looks like for her. So I have um, a few clinics a week, so I'm predominantly outpatient based. Uh, So in the cancer centre, I work along a big multi-professional team, but we see patients and their families who have either been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer or have had their pancreatic cancer treated um, on follow-up. And so I'll spend three uh, three days of the week doing outpatients. And then I do some multidisciplinary meetings, which is where I sit with other professionals and we talk about different cases. Um, and then I'm involved in teaching. So I do a lot of education, um, developing educational resources for patients and their families and also teaching junior doctors. I oversee uh, their work on the wards. It's quite varied. Really. I was going to say, it's a very varied uh, sort of portfolio brief I don't know what the right word is it's very varied what you do yeah how did you get into doing this so I sort of fell into oncology I started off doing general medicine um, and when you're a junior doctor you work on the wards and you would do a bit of GP and A&E and you kind of get a taster of everything and then I worked on an oncology ward and I just really liked it I really liked the patients I really liked how it was a whole team working together um, looking after patients and so I chose to do that as my specialty and then throughout my training you um, you treat lots of different types of cancers and you learn about all of them but I, I was particularly interested in pancreatic cancer and so I undertook a research degree I did a PhD in pancreatic cancer biology and it just, it really like solidified my, my interest in pancreatic cancer. And so now that's what I specialize in. I think you learn along the way what you want to do and what you like. Um, and that's kind of how I, how I came to the job I'm doing. So what was it about pancreatic cancer that really kind of piqued your interest? 
I think it's I think it's such a challenging cancer to treat. So we know that it's one of the more difficult ones. Um, we know, you know, so many cancers, there have been so many breakthroughs and there are little steps forward with pancreatic cancer. It's definitely more encouraging. Um, I really like the frequency of which I see my patients. We get to see our patients every two weeks when they're on treatment. You really build a relationship with them. And the multi-professional approach, you know, it's so important that we have good specialist nurses, dietitians, the surgeons, the physios. We all work together. And I really like that about, about pancreatic cancer. So I think some people might find it challenging you know you said pancreatic cancer is a challenging cancer a Mm. lot of us will know the statistics aren't Mm -hmm. particularly great Mm -hmm. how do you as as a doctor deal with with those challenges yeah I mean I think it I think every case is different and we all deal with things in a different way Um, I think we work with our patients I think we're together in this um, I think which is what helps and having a good team with you to be able to talk about cases to debrief when something happens when something sad happens we talk about it Um, and those little steps forward are really encouraging and, and it's changing your opinion of what you know how we manage things and, and what's a good day and what's a good outcome um, is so important. And, and I, I really find it satisfying. I really enjoy my job and, and the clinics that I do. When you work with patients and they're coming in, how do you, how do you, I don't want to say manage expectations because that sounds mm. really challenging, you know, that doesn't quite sound right to me. Um, how do you approach dealing with families because they and patients because they're going through some of the worst possible times aren't they when they're yeah. coming to you yeah so it depends what stage of the kind of diagnosis diagnostic process they're at if they're coming to us as a new patient and it's the first time we're meeting them we just have a chat really what do they know already what what do they know about pancreatic cancer what do they know about the pancreas it's not something that we talk about very often what does the pancreas do we all have one um, and so we talk about that and then and then it's really what do they want to know at that first step. I tell them what I think they should know about, you know, the treatment options and the plans for them. And there's time so we can discuss things at the first appointment. But if they're not ready to talk about some things, we don't we don't. And we leave that open and, and we give them lots of opportunities, maybe at the next appointment. And some people want to know some people's families want to know more than the patients. And it really depends kind of on that first consultation. And you have to build a relationship with someone. It's really difficult talking to someone that you've never met as a doctor, they don't know me. And I'm asking them all these questions about their life and quite personal questions about them. And, and you know, they have to put their trust in me. So it takes time to build that up. And that's okay. So you, you see people over maybe a couple of times a week or the following week, and, and, and we decide together what the next step is and how much they want to know. And, and that's kind of every patient's different. So, so that's kind of the way that I would approach it. You say about there's been some lovely little steps forward in in pancreatic cancer what types of what what are you seeing changing and developing and what are you excited about well i think there's lots of different um research going on we've got new clinical trials happening um and so there's more kind of there's more options happening we're trying to get more of an understanding about the biology of cancer about the different mutations and why do some people get cancer we know one of the key areas to work on is the diagnosis. How can we diagnose patients earlier? But we're pushing the boundaries with treatment, but also with surgical techniques with our colleagues that are operating on patients. And so so I think there are ways forward. But the other thing that I'm really interested in is kind of the whole patient care. So not just the treatment of the cancer, the treatment of the person. So we know, for example, there's really strong links with pancreatic cancer and mental health. 
um, which is really interesting. So, so there's a there's a higher risk of, for example, depression and anxiety in patients with pancreatic cancer, and it's not completely understood what the link is but that's something I'm particularly interested in one of my my areas I'd like to go forward with research is is why is there that link it it, lots of people assume it's a kind of reactive thing that you get told a diagnosis and you know of course you'll feel anxious or maybe depressed but actually there's some evidence that depression is one of the first symptoms that people get so there's something biological going on and so there's so many kind of key areas that aren't just about the treatments. It's about how we can help patients as a whole go forward with, with their care. Um, and that's the thing that I think is really interesting. There's so much more that we can do. That's really interesting about the, the link with mental health yeah. as well. I've never heard that before. So I'm learning. And that's what I love about these, yeah. these things. So- I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I think it, it's such an important thing. And the idea that we should be, you know, working together with psychologists and understanding that link, I think, is so key. And I think as well, sort of staying with that, is that people mm. are now beginning to understand how mental health and physical health are mm-hmm. linked. They're not two necessarily separate um, things anymore. I think previously people would say mental health was over that side and physical health was on that side and never the mm-hmm. two shall meet. And I think we're mm-hmm. seeing those links a lot more. Is that is that right? I, I completely agree. We've got this artificial barrier that says mental health and physical health, but actually it's health, isn't it? it? It's how and how they're linked together and how they interact with each other and the physical symptoms and the psychological symptoms. It's it's about completely taking that barrier down and saying we're just looking at health. And you're absolutely right. And and it's and it's there's there's so many different ways to approach it, and that's key. The the key is, as I said before, multi professional, everybody together working, including with the patient, how we can improve somebody's health. And it's so important that you include the patient in this mm-hmm. as well, because I think mm-hmm. it's very easy as someone like me who's never no medical background, no no you know a basic understanding comes from watching Holby City or you know Casualty or, <laughs> or, or, or whichever hospital drama there is you know that that's my level of understanding doctors on a on a, on a weekday afternoon on a rare day off type thing yeah um, but and that's and I think that's where people start to kind of worry a little bit maybe mm. that that they can't be involved because you know everything, I know nothing. What what can I contribute to this conversation? What would be your message to to patients? I mean, I, I would say the patient is the most important person in this conversation. The patient is at the centre of everything. And you know yourself best. Your family knows you best, more than I or any of your team will know you. So it's it's completely equal conversation. And, and your opinion is so incredibly important that we only would want to ever do what is best for you. And sometimes it is, you know, sometimes it is a kind of back and forth and what do we think is the best thing and, and there's no right or wrong answer. It's much more nuanced than that. But the one of the risks is when patients come to us, they've been on this kind of like a, I suppose, a travel later, but you, you just get your diagnosis and everything just happens so quickly, right? You're going to get a scan. Now you're going to get a biopsy. We'll get a sample. You're going to see this person and that person. And it happens so fast. There's no time to breathe. And actually, there's the risk that we take over and it's very medicalized. And actually, you have to just sit down and talk about everything that's happened. And what do you want out of this consultation? And what can I offer you? So that it's absolutely key. The patient is the most important person in all of this. And we can't forget that. And I think there is the risk that we sometimes do. You mentioned patients' families uh, as well. How important is it to, to, to involve patients' families? Because, again, they're going through a lot as well, aren't they? 
Yes, they're going through a completely unique experience because they're watching everything and living it, but not the one with the cancer itself. And often you focus everything on the patient, but actually there's somebody standing silently behind them that is dealing with so much. And it's one of the things I found the most challenging over the last two years is how we can involve patients' families when we've been so challenged and strict about our visiting and our consultations and doing things much more remote because we need to keep our patients safe and so all the hospitals across the country have had very strict rules about families coming into consultations we're we're fortunate that things are in a safer place I hope Um, and that's why communication with video consultations and telephones are so key every time I see somebody without their family member we always check do you want them on speakerphone do they want to be involved who wants to who wants to hear what we're saying Um, and we make sure that we offer the support not just to the patient but also to their family as well because you're absolutely right they're going through something as well what would you like to see change and develop over the next oh everyone always says five years it feels like a job interview if i say over the next five years what would you like to see happen but you know five years feels manageable and we can see into the future hopefully five years I suppose, so in terms of the cancer itself, earlier diagnosis, so we can get um, we can get to a cancer or a patient's cancer at an earlier stage so that the cancer can be operated on, that if we can get to a point where we're curing cancer um, rather than controlling the cancer, of course, that's what we would all hope for. Um, getting better targeted treatments, so instead of relying on chemotherapy, can we figure out what it is that's driving the cancer and can we put the brakes on that to slow it down? Um, Can we minimise the toxicities of all of our treatments so that patients who are on cancer treatments aren't suffering horrible side effects from it, which is we're much better at that now. Um, But also thinking about the other key for me is education. So education about the general public. What is the pancreas? What is pancreatic cancer? But also when when you're a patient having a diagnosis of a cancer, how we can improve our education for them. A lot of what we do is written for example I'll give patients written leaflets what's great about what you're doing with the podcast is it's a completely different way of learning about something so podcasts are great having conversations videos are great so we're involved in um, developing education videos for patients and their families it's much easier to listen to someone talk than having to wade through loads of texts so I think there's there's so many new things that we're doing in our cancer center and across the trust that I think I think are definitely huge steps forward and you mentioned that um you're involved in lots of um sort of research or you're trying to get involved in research and all that sort of stuff what what would you like your research to discover you know let's let's say there's no barriers you've got all the money and the funding in the world what what piece of research would you like to do and change i mean i'm sort of in two minds because when i when i did my research i was very much in the laboratory working on cancer cells and trying to figure out new targets for new cancer treatments and that would be great if we can develop more but i think my 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 key interest at the moment is the psychological side of cancer and how we can figure out the link between depression anxiety and cancer can we if we treat the cancer can we improve the mood and depression there's so many interesting things for me personally that I think is there that's the thing that I'm most interested in Thank you so much to Krithika for talking to me for today's episode. And of course, a big thank you to you for listening too. 
Don't forget to share the podcast and you can also leave us a rating and review on your podcast app too. We're here every day throughout November. If you want to find out more about what we're up to, head over to purplerainbow.co.uk. And of course, I'll be back tomorrow with another episode for you.